Welcome to the Bread and Cup podcast hosted by Corey and Shauna Burris. They are a former pastor, a college teacher, and Pacific Northwest coffee lovers. Mostly, they are Jesus followers who find themselves in lots of interesting conversations with non-Christians, former Christians, wondering Christians, and young adults from all kinds of backgrounds. And we want to invite you into those conversations. The Bread and Cup podcast is a place for real talk about the Bible, life, and what it takes to move beyond the easy answers. So let's grab a cup and join the conversation. Welcome to the Bread and Cup podcast. I'm Corey. And I'm Shauna. And today we're enjoying um, challah, which is a, the, my, the kids call it braided bread, right? It's a traditional Jewish bread. I just call it good. It is. It's so good. It's also sometimes called egg bread. And we're drinking an organic El Salvadorian single origin. This is our favorite coffee. It's, yep. it's, it's our staple coffee. Um, and this week, we are kind of exploring the idea of broken. I think a lot of people are, feel broken, and sometimes the church and people around them um, kind of exacerbate that idea, and they, they say, man, am I a broken person, and is yeah. that why I need God? Um, and so we're going to explore the ideas of being broken versus being distant. Real light <laughs> subject about how broken yeah. you are. But. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's just it, right? So this this conversation is one like the other um, earlier conversations, it actually comes up a lot. This is not a single conversation. This is, it feels like an um, ever ongoing conversation with the people um, that we get to talk to. And I think part of the reason for that is that it is for many people, what drove them to the church in the first place, right? Uh, People in terms of uh, being in a, bad spot oftentimes seek solace in faith and in other things. Sure. And I think there's there's good in that, right? Um, if comfort is, seeking comfort isn't a bad thing. Right. But um, it oftentimes results in reinforcing the brokenness that you come to a situation with. Um, totally. I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's, there, there is an element that life is broken, right? This is not, this is not heaven. This is not shalom, meaning peace, wholeness, completeness. This world is jacked up and we find ourselves as humans in really terrible situations. And I think you're right. And we in and of ourselves, we make poor choices, right? Like I do make poor choices. I don't. (laughs) You know, other people make poor choices. Right. And so, and, and, and um, I think that uh, there's truth to that, and it's right. why we talk about sin when we're talking about talking about the Bible and and other things. Is we talk about sin being this thing that kind of is this weight around our neck that we all yeah. carry, this burden of sin, and there is totally truth in that, right? But but there's more to it, I guess, than than just being this weight that you, this shame, this you know, scarlet letter on your chest that you must wear indefinitely until you're, you know, washed in the blood of the lamb, and then all of a sudden <laughs> everything's fine and dandy. You don't have the shame anymore. So right. Well, and interestingly, I think this. So the um, unchurched, secular, non-Christian, depending on the person and how they would self-identify um, on that side of things. Their perspective is also is often, well, why would God make people and then deem them to be these broken, crappy things, right? And or 
how can you go around saying that people are intrinsically bad? Look at the world. There is so much good in the world. How, how can you as a Christian assert that humans are intrinsically bad? And that's sort of the, that's at least in the conversations yeah. we've had, it's that's the, the way that I've heard the original of, sin, right? Yeah. And that outside of the church that one, I've certainly heard that preached from within the church, but that that's also sort of an understood idea outside of that. The church views humans as intrinsically flawed. And that's where I think the broken word comes from. Right. What I find, and I can understand why that perception is there, largely because there's we a whole lot it. of sermons that, we've, <laughs> that have preached that. What I find alarming is the opposite side. As we're talking to people who, who self-identify as Christians, who openly acknowledge that they believe in Jesus, that they are following to the best of their ability what they see as, you know, the Christian life um, to get to know God, what you know, however you want that they're in relationship um, with God, that they still hold to this view of they are broken it is it's they actually use language at least in their conversations with us of well i'm still so broken and i'm hoping that god can help heal this brokenness as i get closer to him and 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 people that you know they've been christians for years and years and years or worse well i'm just broken and sinful, but thank the Lord for Jesus and coffee. It's holding yeah. me together. And like their identity is actually not a biblical identity. It's an identity of that they're screwed up, but well, grace will sort that. And it, to me, that's just, just about the most opposite perspective of what I think actually the Bible teaches. The idea of brokenness is rooted in the idea that what sin did was ruin what ruin humanity right, right. and and that and i think if you read genesis 1 and then genesis 1 is obviously the account of um how god created humanity and the order of the world um and then genesis 2 rehashes that in a slightly different timeline another great conversation we will have another day but then genesis 3 is a story what we call the story of the fall right and it's the snake in the garden and and sort of the the replay or what happens not the replay but the reaction to adam and eve's choice to eat right. the apple and i think anybody in western culture is fairly well familiar with at least the idea of that story right the basic characters and plot and so brokenness comes from the idea that once humans did that, they were no longer what they were supposed to be. They were kicked out and they were now these like just jerks who went around for the entirety of the Old Testament just being jerks who can't human to save their lives. And they they are so broken that the value that was instilled in them in the beginning was lost and that they needed a savior to replace the value. They were broken and right. they made broken choices. And you hear that even in, you know, in sort of some of the nicer fire and brimstone sermons of, well, you know, you're going to hell in the handbasket, but it's just because of your brokenness. Like there's, there's almost a compassion sometimes attached to that idea. 
Um, and we find our identity. I think a lot of times people in the church, like you were saying before, find identity in brokenness. And we we like that we're just this muddled together nasty thing, which is where the idea of, again, total depravity comes out of, right. which is you you are just, you're just a mess, but thankfully someone was willing to love you. And yeah, you are unlovable in and of yourself. Right. And so thank God for Jesus because it's the only thing that gives you any worth at all. Right. I actually disagree with that position wholeheartedly. And we try pretty hard in this. I think our attempt in this conversation is to not um, make sweeping edicts, right? We want you to think for yourself. This is one of the times where I'm going to call BS. I, I don't think that humans lack value without Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. Now, I do follow Jesus. I do believe that I need Jesus, but I need Jesus not because of brokenness, but because humans were created. And again, you know, our lens as Christians means we believe the Bible is true. You can go listen to that podcast a couple episodes ago if you're unsure of why we believe what we believe about that. But that if we're using that idea that humans were created as image bearers. And don't get me wrong, that doesn't mean I think that God actually looks like me. And I certainly don't believe Jesus was a white guy with blue eyes. If you can see the picture of Corey, you know I have an affinity for white guys with blue eyes. Jesus just doesn't happen to be him right. um, or to be that. I, but that, that idea of image bearing isn't so much physical image. It, it means a representation of. It means that God decided that, that we, that humans, unlike any of the other creations made, that humans get to function as he functions in this world. We get to function as creatives. We get to function as um, rulers. And I don't mean rulers in the ugly dictator way. I mean as in we get to have influence and impact in how this world works. And frankly, you know, there is no shortage of evidence of that we do that, right? Right. Wheat. We influenced that plant and I'm grateful for it because I love bread. Um, Sorry for the gluten-free people out there. I hope you have a good recipe. I'm sorry for you too. Yeah. That image bearing status is, is an indication of basically, um, shared value. It's shared worth. It's God saying he is the ultimate ruler, creator, um, being. And when we became his image bearers, when he gave us that status, it was that we also get to participate in those actions. And for us though, it was within boundaries. His has no boundaries. We have boundaries. And the boundaries are the earth and or this created universe. Our boundaries are under, in the Garden of Eden, under a certain set of parameters, right? The the tree of life and certain behaviors. What happened wasn't that we rebelled against the boundaries and therefore we were broken and we lost any sense of value or worth. What happened was we dis- we disregarded those boundaries and so now we're living outside of them it's a proximity issue so humans still have that image bearing 
status imprinted on them. Humans still matter. Humans still have value. Humans can still do good and be good and be creative and they can still rule. We just do a poor job of it. The further away we get from the thing we are supposed to be representing. Right. It's a proximity issue. It's why it's why you always will hear about these great people that have done great things that still weren't Christians, right? Dalai like, Lama. Like, and the problem, yeah, and, and like Gandhi and all of these people that like we we like to a lot of times you hear Christians say, well, think of what they could have, you know, yeah, but they weren't a Christian, or they, yeah. you know, or they weren't, you know, it doesn't dismiss all of the amazing things that they those people did. It acknowledges them and says. You know, they were doing things that actually drew people to a closer understanding of who God was, even if their intention was not to draw people closer to God. Right. And that that the proximity issue is uh, that that we are we are not as fully human because human means to be image bearing through our lens. Right. We are not as fully human as we can be when there's distance between us and what being a human means. And so follow that, that through our lens, you're not broke. I mean, there is brokenness in this world and there is hope of peace and restoration. And I do believe that that hope comes through Jesus and that wholeness and reconciliation, those things come through Jesus. But wholeness, reconciliation, those are proximity words, right? That when we, we are married, I think most people who've heard now this same many last episodes, name gives it away, same last name gives, oh, we could be brother and sister. That would be weird. I am close to my, my siblings though, but we are married, right? When we have a disagreement, there becomes distance in our relationship, right? Sometimes we physically create distance. We go to other sides of the house. But yeah. but that's that's a reflection of an emotional distance or an intellectual distance if we're disagreeing on a topic. That doesn't mean our marriage is broken. That doesn't mean we're broken. It just means that there's too much distance. And if you keep too much distance for too long, eventually both of us will be poorer spouses for the distance over time. Right. Right. So reconciliation, wholeness, and peace, they they presuppose that there is a shortening of the distance between us. We better understand each other's perspectives. We better understand each other's needs. We are more willing to engage with each other from those perspectives or needs. And so reconciliation happens and the distance shortens. And we are not far off in using our marriage as an example of this because the Bible does. Right. Song of Songs. Just check it out. And, and I will say that like, if you are a person that is feels broken and yeah. has brokenness in their life, because I, I do acknowledge, we acknowledge that you can have brokenness in your life. And a lot of people, again, going back to what I was saying at the beginning is a lot of people do come to a position of faith based around brokenness. Yeah. Sometimes that gives us perspective and gives us a longing, right? Yeah. And so, and that doesn't, that doesn't disregard, um, 
your relationship with God. It doesn't say if you came from a place of brokenness and came into relationship with God because of that. The problem becomes when you live in that brokenness and you don't... Um, or you take it on as an identity, right? Exactly. So we can have... And say, well, that's the reason I need Jesus. And it's like, no, 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 that's not the reason you need Jesus. You don't need Jesus because you're broken. You're broken. You need to fix that. We need to address that. We need to work yeah. through that. The reason you need Jesus is because having a relationship with him is so much more than what it would be without, right? And yeah. you were meant for this. And that, and that is that is what's amazing about it. Yeah. Does that make sense? I I think it does, but we've had this conversation, so we'll hear what their feedback, you know, whether or not that makes sense. Maybe we'll have more of these conversations. For me, it's the, for me, what I bring with is we, we do live in a, in a messed up world. This is, this world is not functioning the way it was intended, right? And that when I hear sin, um, I used to view that as the thing that made God upset with me. Hmm. And that actually, that's coming too. But I don't view sin that way anymore. I view sin now as the thing that creates distance, the thing that creates um, disruption where there's meant to be closeness. And I think we can see that played out just in in a regular world, right? When people are sinful, when th- there's a few that I think we all agree on, right? Like murder, not awesome. Like murders, pretty much all people would contend that killing someone because they annoy you is not okay. And what that does is it disrupts the ability for those two people to be reconciled and in relationship and living at peace with each other. And in our communities, when we are, when, when we actively work against each other, that's sinful, right? racism is sinful. Sexism is sinful because you're actively working against these other valuable image-bearing creations. God expects us to work in tandem and for each other's benefit. And humans do well when we work in tandem and for each other's benefits. And we fail miserably when we begin to work against each other. And I use that argument as the proximity argument without in any way diminishing that if, if someone has done you harm and humans can do immense harm to each other, that is actually a place of brokenness. But that there, it is, that is, there's a distinction between having a place of brokenness because you've been done harm to, or you've enacted harm and that's created hurt. And you as a human are depraved, Mm. right? So yes, brokenness exists, but it exists as a place of brokenness um, because of something that was done or has been, is being done to you that is not correct. It is sinful. It does not work for wholeness, reconciliation, or for common good, which is different than you are broken. Your identity is without. Now you might have a broken idea of your identity, but again, we're back to that's a moment. Your, your perception of yourself is wrong. You as a human don't lack value. You lack proximity to the source of that value. Yeah. And I've talked with so many people that, um, have felt 
And I think they felt that way because I think this is just the way that, that we, that those in the church have talked about it, that they have felt like the church was saying to them, you're a shameful, sinful, broken. And I've actually heard this in sermons where yeah. they, they come out and they're like, you're this, you're this, you're this. And, yep. and you just go, man, without God, I guess I would be nothing. And that's not actually true. Because no, God made you as something. Exactly. Now, don't get us wrong. God still is the one who imprints that on you. Right. You just get to decide where are you on this continuum. The right. further you get from God, the less human you actually are. And the, the closer you draw to Jesus, who is the perfect human, right. the, the more human-esque you, you are. And I think we see this, right? We... We see this in the way that the world plays out. When people live very, very self-centered, selfish lives, that's far proximity from image-bearing status, right. right? It's ugly. People do terrible things. They steal. They, they seek money above everything else when they're self-focused. And that, that self-focus is deep proximity, far, 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 far. The closer we draw to what God tells us humanity looks like, the more we flourish, the more we thrive, the more we grow, the more we as humanity benefit. And I think our message shouldn't be that you don't need Jesus, just be a good human, because that no. th- those two things um, cannot coexist. There is no version of be a good human, but disregard Jesus. You can be a good human and not believe in Jesus. I acknowledge that, but Jesus gives us, he is the image we're imprinted after. Right. So if you want to live out the fullness of flourish, creative, rule, reign, succeed, you know, and I don't mean succeed as in the name it, claim it, go get a beamer. I don't actually think that, that God's after that for you. But the peace that lives in you, that's a proximity issue. So if you have a broken place, bring that to God. He does want to to heal that, but he heals that by bringing you, by shortening that proximity to you and holding yourself at a distance from God because you're broken or maintaining brokenness as an identity doesn't actually help you shorten that distance. So you can pray that magic prayer as many times as you want, but as long as you stand in an identity of brokenness, you're not participating in shortening that distance. Yeah. And I would say, you maybe need to pick up a different prayer. That's good. Yeah. That's all I have. That's all we have. <laughs> and that's it, folks. So uh, we, if there's anything we need to drop into the show notes, we will do that for you. Um, we want to hear your thoughts and your feelings on this. We know this is this is kind of a, a big one, and it might and it um, need some clarification. Vacation. And it stacks on other things. Yep. It stacks on, and so we will be talking about those in future episodes and talking about uh, what does this mean and and uh, but understanding that that again, like you're saying, the difference between brokenness, yep. and distance, yep, and understanding what that means about your personal identity is really really important for understanding who God is yep. in the long run. 
I've so enjoyed this topic with you today. Uh, we would love to hear from you, or if you want to join the conversation, you can find us at Bread and Cup Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. Or if you have suggestions for future episodes or other questions you'd like to send to us directly, you can find us on breadandcuppodcast.com. To join the conversation, like and subscribe, then find us on Instagram at Bread and Cup Podcast. You can also find us at our website and other social platforms linked in the show notes. Thank you.